0: And this is 88.5 FM, WVOF in Fairfield, Connecticut. Joe Kelly here with another edition of The Upper Room. Our next guest is a multi-talented instrumentalist, singer, songwriter, producer. And uh, she was a guest of ours. And, and I'm ashamed to say a few years back because uh, this was about seven years ago that Jenny Laws visited our show to uh, talk about her album introducing jenny law since then there's been so much stuff she's been involved with her own music and uh, writing and producing for other artists and currently she has a great new single and we're here to talk about that and everything else jenny laws welcome back
1: thank you so much thanks for having me joe
0: um the new single just got released officially and uh, it's available on itunes and a bunch of other places right
1: yeah all the digital outlets that I can think of
0: <laughs> that's right it's called sabotage and, and multi mixes on it we're gonna to listen to to one of them uh, in just a bit Tell us about the new sound on this single and um, you know what what brought you to, to this kind of feel
1: yeah well usually you know for my own music for my own album and project I often will write the song with an instrument or write Just in the air where I hear the melody and the lyrics in my head And I sing it out loud And then I write the chords to that And then it gets produced around that Or I'll be collaborating, you know, in real time with the producer And we'll vibe together and write the song together But not too often for my own project Do I write to an already existing track, right? That's more when I write for other people For, you know, R&B and hip-hop and stuff Where my own music is more song-based And then we produce around it Um, I tend to like that because it ends up being where you have more freedom with the writing and the chords and everything, right? Because I really like to take it places with the chords and go different places. So this is kind of uncommon for me to do this, but I met this producer's manager and he said, we're looking for artists to write with and stuff and singers to demo songs and stuff. Can we, can we connect? And I was like, sure, for sure, you know, send me some stuff, whatever. First beat he sent was the beat that you hear now that is, un, you know, for sabotage. And I said, oh my God, you have to save this beat for me, please, I, I just give me a couple weeks. I'm, just, I'm swamped for the next couple weeks, but so please save it for me, right? And I meant to write, to just to write over, it didn't have to be for my project, but just for me to have the claim over the beat to write over. And so I pretty much immediately I had been through a situation, as you could tell once you hear the song, and I pretty much immediately, you know, wrote the whole song and did a quick demo, just a rough idea, and sent it over, and they loved it, and, they, and the producer suggested, well, why don't you use this for your album? And I would never suggest that, because I didn't want to, like, steal his beat that he had, you know, I thought maybe wanted to sell to someone or pitch to a big artist or whatever. But it was his idea, and I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. I mean, it's, I said it's different from my other stuff cuz it's more hip hop based. I mean, I do I'm definitely influenced by hip hop and you can hear it in, in a lot of the beats but not as much in the musical production around it. Usually I'll have like a hip hop beat but then really soulful retro production. Right. Whereas this is like really modern and I was like it's going to be different but you know some of my other songs on my album I would like to produce this way cuz he's actually helping me on a couple other songs on my album. Okay. I'm like I think it'll I think it'll fit. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how it all came about and then and then this rapper from LA I stay in touch with him. One of the people I met out there when I was living there, he, you know, emailed me back to one of my newsletters, I think, and he said, you better save 16 bars for me. (laughs) And so I thought, well, this is the only song I can really hear him on because of, you know, the nature of it. It's so hip-hop feel, at least. And so I sent it over to him, and the rest is history. You know, Bob Horn, the mix engineer, he decided to do his own mix to it. He said, oh, I think that we should know, compress this part and make it just happen faster, take out the ad lib. So that's how the, the radio mix came about and that's the actual official version that got released. So there was sort of three incarnations of the song before it is what it is today.
0: Uh you can go to Jenny's website, Jenny Laws is our guest, her website Jenny Laws dot com, and uh, great new uh single featuring Scipio on it as well and That's right. Uh, since introducing uh, Jenny Laws, a, a lot has been going on uh, musically. You uh, have released some some music, and you're you're out in L.A. before, and now back in uh, hometown of Toronto. So let's let's talk about the uh, the the L.A. scene when you went out there and working on music uh, in the city of angels. <laughs>
1: Yeah, or is it there the are city are a lot of angels. angels out there? For sure, <laughs> there's a lot of really creative, talented people out there. It was, it was great. I mean, after the release of the EP, which you you had me on your show about a while ago, right. um, there we had a couple years of you know a lot of requests to do shows, some big events, some celebrity events, uh, you know, showcases in LA. Uh, sponsored events So it, there was a good run For a couple years after that And then it kind of died down I, I, We didn't really know How to keep the momentum going We weren't able to get A tour going Unfortunately We really wanted To make that happen And we tried And you know how it is it's, right. it's, It costs a lot of money And everything kind of Has to align for that to happen and Especially being Canadian was That was sort of A bit of a Of a uh, I don't know what to say Like a I don't say boundary mm-hmm. A little bit of a It was a bit of a struggle To tour in the states as a Canadian, I guess is what I'm saying. There's right. a lot of red tape. Right. Um, but we did our best. We did a lot with it. And and so after that, I focused on the next project and also learning to become a songwriter. I mean, I thought, oh, I want to do it. Let's, you know, I want to write for other artists. And I didn't realize it's a, it's a learning curve. You know, writing for other artists is a whole other thing. So I was basically just getting a lot of experience collaborating with a lot of different producers and songwriters. And a lot of it ended up being for my album. So I basically laid the groundwork for the project that is now almost done and about to be released. That was mostly what I focused on, but I did some songwriting for other people. Nothing that's necessarily been hugely landed yet. Some, you know, um, Canadian talent, some songs that I landed on their projects, um, but still working on actually getting placements with bigger artists. Um, but there's exciting things brewing on that area. I don't really want to announce it yet because until it happens, you know, you don't, you, you can't be sure, right? Right. But yeah, I've definitely been working on uh, writing for other artists, and the LA experience was a huge part of me learning how to really do that properly, because it's, it's a whole other thing when you're writing for other artists, especially in today's climate, when there's a lot of um, play on words that is happening now, in songs where you have to be <clears throat> super clever, you can't just write a song from your heart and tell your story, you have to have some clever twist on it, you have to have some play on words, something that's never been said before in that way, you know, so you you have to be super creative and innovative and cutting edge and forward thinking and that's a different way of approaching things than when you're just coming from your heart as an artist and writing about your own experiences and being, you know, more authentic. Um, I want to always keep it authentic even as a songwriter, but then also step it up a notch and be even more clever about it so it took a while to learn how to do that I'm still learning (laughs) Um, but I find that my classic songwriting in the sense that I bring the timeless melodies and I bring chord progressions that are also timeless and classic and uh, catchy the melodies are also memorable I'm able to bring that to the table and I think that a lot of people see that as a big value so yeah I was super busy out there and I learned so much and planted a lot of seeds, so I'm looking
0: forward to seeing them sprout in the near future, hopefully. That's right, and the the one that is sprouting right now is the new single from Jenny Laws, Sabotage, featuring Scipio on it. We're going to give a listen to it right now, and uh, you can go to iTunes, buy it, and also uh, all the other electronic sites. JennyLaws.com, she's got a really up-to-date site, and she stays involved with social media as well, so we'll come back and talk. Once again, with new one from Jenny Laws, Sabotage featuring Scipio on there. Her website, of course, is JennyLaws.com, and uh, you can listen to uh, a wide uh, array of her music. Also, uh, some great videos and keep up to date on upcoming shows as well. You're back in Toronto, and uh, we were talking about the Toronto music scene off-air. Uh, what What's it like up there? Uh, first of all, when you first got into music and... With, with the scene up there and what, what has uh, changed now and what can be improved?
1: Mm. <laughs> it has definitely changed a lot. A lot has happened in the past 10 years since I started when I was a teenager. And at first, there was a lot more, uh, I'd say, showcase opportunities, like more local open mics and things where industry people would come and check you out. I think now those situations... I think producers still go out to them but I think now the industry is more checking online they're more checking YouTube now for YouTube stars so that's the difference where the live music scene isn't where A&R's are finding talent anymore it seems unless it's like some designated showcase where they're invited because someone paid them to be part of this showcase that the artists are paying to be a part of type thing you know but just to go out to live music to find talent, I don't think that's happening that much anymore. Uh, still a great live music scene, though, in Toronto. Still a ton of talent. Um, the urban music scene is growing. Mm-hmm. It still has a lot of room for improvement. Uh, it's still kind of very elite. Um, only certain people are getting shine and love. Um, I have to say it's sort of tough being, as they say, blue-eyed soul. Right as opposed to um, of a a certain ethnicity, of any ethnicity other than white, um, you'd think that it would be an advantage. Um, I'm not complaining, but it's just, you know, tough navigating the waters a bit when, you know, I can't help that I'm soulful. I've always been my entire life. It's not something I'm trying to do. It's just what I am. Mm -hmm. So the soul and R&B music scene isn't Very big still. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, I'm still kind of keeping my mind international on that, reaching out to the U.K., the States, like Connecticut. That's right. (laughs) And, you know, because there's just more of a population, too. I think still Canada doesn't have the population to support the urban market as much as it needs to be supported, but we're working on it. People, There's tons of people that are committed to improving the urban music scene in Canada and it continues to grow slowly but surely and i hope to be a part of that movement i mean i am but i hope to help even more to help it improve especially for new young artists coming up to have a platform for them to express themselves and reach music fans
0: well i know with radio when we're up in montreal the, the stations that that we listen to you know the the programs that are cool are like at 12 midnight 2 in the morning um, like yeah. a ckut it's it's you know independent i guess station up there but um how, how's the rate is it similar up there the the airplay and is yeah, it, yeah i think
1: so yeah because um i've started to read about clear channel and stuff uh this book I, I can find it it's over here and it talks about how pretty much clear channel owns most of the stations and how a lot of companies have monopolies, so then a lot of the same music is getting played on the mainstream radio stations, right. so yeah, it's the smaller radio stations and the later shows and the independent stations that are playing the actual new music and new artists or independent artists or different music that's not the stuff you hear every day played 40 times a day, as much as some of that stuff can be great as well. Um, yeah, you don't you don't hear a lot of the underground music unless you yeah you t- tune into those special shows. CBC Radio is actually great. Okay, CBC plays a lot of local talent, a lot of unknown artists, um, independent artists, really cool, quirky stuff, creative stuff, you know, really artistic stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I really got to give it up to CBC for keeping that going and not giving in to the top 40, the, the same old, same old, as much as, like I said, there is there is definitely an art to making a great pop song. Um, but we just, you know, it's good to have both, to also have that really artsy stuff to feed your soul every now and then. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you really have to kind of seek out those shows. They're not in your face like the like the mainstream radio.
0: Well, we're going to get into some more of your music going back a little bit. This is uh, Battle Alone. Tell us about this particular song.
1: Ah, oh, well, uh, this song was a collaboration with a producer, a dance producer named Corey Bold. And um, I i don't know what happened to him. He, I think he went through something, so we had to complete the song on our own. Unfortunately, I wish we could have completed it with him because he would have done an even better job at finishing the production so it was just a beat that he sent and he was all excited about what i wrote and then i think he maybe went through some family stuff and then and just fell off and i really hope he's okay Corey, wherever you are i'm sending you love and please don't be mad at me for releasing the song without you I, I, um, you know, I really tried to get a hold of him to see if it was okay, and he just never got back to me, and I just thought, well, you know, I don't, I want to get this out there, so I just put it up on SoundCloud, and it was just, again, it was just something I wrote over a beat that he sent, he was just a producer that wanted to collaborate with me, and he's so amazing, so I was like, of course, I'm down, let's do it, and this is the result of that.
0: And, and I'm sure he, he loves it, so Corey, give Jenny a call. <laughs> So uh, this is Jenny Laws, Battle Alone. We'll come back and talk one more time with Jenny Laws. Don't forget her new record is out, Sabotage, but this is Battle Alone right here on The Upper Room with Joe Kelly and WVOF in Fairfield, Connecticut. Discography: she's got great music, and uh, she's a great songwriter. It's called Battle Alone, JennyLaws.com. Now, some of the stuff you've been writing for, you actually uh, wrote some some music for uh, Bruno Mars' uh, sisters, right?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I was in a session with a bunch of other writers There was a ton of us, really talented people Out at uh, where Kobe Kale works out of uh, Revolver Studios Okay In Thousand Oaks, LA And there was just so many people in the room But I was able to luckily contribute to the pre-choruses I wrote the pre-choruses of that song this great song called Headed Home And uh, one of the songwriters ended up recording it himself as well And releasing it on the Craigslist Joe soundtrack Okay and then the Lila's recorded, that's the name of Bruno Mars' sisters group, the Lylas. Right. They recorded their version of it and released it as well uh, a couple months later. So that was a cool thing. They have beautiful voices. Uh, I know they have a lot going on with They're all mothers and stuff. Um, but I really hope that they continue doing music because they really have sweet tones and a soulful approach to things.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, uh, we want to uh, ask you about you, you you like the old-style instruments. I uh, I was reading uh, some vintage gear and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Um, I I finally was able to get myself a Fender Rhodes, 1977. Okay. It was actually the same Rhodes that, um, what was it? Jeremiah was a bullfrog. What's that band uh, Three Dog
0: Night. Three Dog Night. Yeah.
1: Apparently it was the same instrument, actual keyboard, that they took on the road with them when oh, they had okay, that hit wow. Yeah, so cool, right? And it just has, it's just, there's nothing like the real thing, real instruments, even if it's not vintage, just a real grand piano. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have arguments sometimes with even some really high profile musicians that play for, you know, big artists and stuff. They're, I mean, huge, you know, and, and they'll be like, nobody cares, Jenny. Nobody <laughs> cares whether it's a real piano or a fake piano. And I was like, I beg to like, I disagree. Right. I don't agree. I think that maybe they don't know why it feels better. But they'll feel it. It'll feel different. It'll feel more alive, more organic. They'll sense a human element behind it. They'll also sense the frequency difference that a real instrument will offer and the space around it. Because with a with a MIDI instrument, you don't have the room that you're in. You don't have that space around it of, of you know, the, the real instrument and it reverberating in the room or the, the amp or whatever it is, um, not to mention the actual real wood, the real... Strings, the real mallets hitting the strings, whatever you know. And I'm just so passionate about real sounds, whether they're new or old, especially old instruments like old synthesizers, like old Moog. I just recorded an old Moog when I was in New York a few months ago. Right. I was staying with a, a violin player of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, staying, he wasn't there. I was, I was sub, like house sitting for right. him, and and so he's like, feel free to use my studio. And so he had this old moog little little tiny little keyboard and there's just nothing like those old sounds and you hear actually speaking of Bruno Mars, you hear on his records the difference. Like uh Mark Ronson and Jeff Basker are always there's the producers that were largely responsible for most of his his production. Mm -hmm. And you hear those old synthesizers and old instruments that they use and how it gives it such a classic timeless sound and, and huge and it just sounds bigger because i feel i really think the frequency range is larger so whether people can tell or not what you know the difference like they whether they can tell you what it is what the difference is i i really believe that they can feel it on some level even if it's subconscious and to me that matters that's important you know so it's, it's a battle that i'm fighting all the time with people but it's a battle worth fighting in my opinion
0: yeah and i, I think on new york they have a uh festival Are they used to
1: I believe it yeah. I believe it and I think even once I tweeted about it and then I think their, their daughter no no what it was it was B3 sorry
0: oh okay Hammond's it
1: was, it was Hammond's Hammond organs yeah, right.
0: it was Hammond. oh, yeah. It was
1: Hammond's granddaughter I tweeted about how excited I was about recording this Hammond organ and his granddaughter tweeted me back and said we, we're glad you're, you love our instruments I'm like that's so cool but yeah I mean there's still those families that created those instruments they're still around and they're still carrying on the legacy. And I think they should carry it on forever because, I mean, they changed music as we know it.
0: Yeah, I mean, a B3, that's that's a phenomenal sound, yeah. Nothing like it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Incomparable. Right.
0: Well, we gotta we got to give props uh, to uh, a lady who's stuck by your career to, to this day, uh, Jackie Thompson, a great friend of ours as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did you first become affiliated with Jackie and become friends?
1: That was through Narda Michael Walden. Oh,
0: okay, yeah.
1: A producer from the '80s and
0: yeah, great drummer, right?
1: Great drummer for Mahavishnu Orchestra and so on and so on. And he he plays drums for a lot of people. But then he became largely a producer for Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, so on. Especially Whitney and Mariah. He he was especially Whitney. uh, Sorry, Mariah. Right, most of her early stuff.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, the early stuff. Yeah.
1: So he, you know, quote, discovered me, I guess, in Toronto. It was a fluke thing where they needed a female keyboard player for a showcase that he was putting on for an artist that he was producing and he was playing drums for her as well and it was some kind of press conference or showcase and they just needed someone to look the part. They needed a cute female Mm -hmm. and here I was, I learned the part you know I practice and everything I show up And they are like No no We're not even Turning on your keyboard You just need to look cute I was like really? <laughs> but I guess he liked My right. enthusiasm And my attitude And so he He asked You know I said Oh well I have This new project um, It was 14 songs Before it got cut Down to seven Jackie actually Cut my EP in half okay. It was originally A full full length album That I had created Before I met her and then she decided Oh let's you know Let's just introduce you With an EP And then she get, literally Called it Introducing Jenny Love She renamed it even I had called it Tears of a Phoenix Okay So she kind of Rebranded it And I just trusted her She's great at that stuff Right you yeah. know um, So she was managing him At the time And he turned out He loved it And he freaked out He thought He assumed that I would suck Like I guess Most people that Give him music <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was Like usually really Really mediocre And then he was blo- He was like Whoa she's actually Really good And so I guess He was playing my stuff and she was around and she goes who is this and then the rest is history because you know at first it was a conflict of interest when I was working with him so we couldn't work together at first so then I had another manager but then when that fell apart she stepped in and she said I don't like what he was doing like the manager that is that I had right. she's like this is what I would do differently and I was like please let's do it and then we ended up working together for a good five years and then she ended up going a different direction because she ended up having a family and it just right. things changed and you know, but we still stay in touch and constantly and uh, she's still somebody that I consult and a uh, huge support to me and she's the one that connected us so yeah, I for that right. I'll always be grateful and she'll always be part of my team and I just love her to pieces
0: yeah Jackie Jackie's real cool we love her so um, talk about another uh, gentleman who's just a legend through music from the Motown days to Maxwell to his current stuff mm-hmm with his uh, love music, for lack of a better phrase, but you've worked with Leon Ware, the great Leon Ware.
1: Oh, yeah. I think love music is a great word for him, or or you can even say sexy music. Right, right. Or sensual. He likes the word sensual. Yeah, that's
0: that's right. That's the term, yeah.
1: Yeah, Leon Ware. It's his birthday in a couple days, so shout-out to Leon Ware, or maybe by the time you hear this, it has already passed, but I believe his birthday's on Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. So, happy birthday, Leon! <laughs> yeah, it was Jackie that connected us. And he's so inspiring. He wrote a lot of Marvin Gaye's material. and
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about the biggest oh, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Minnie,
1: Minnie Riperton.
0: Yeah, oh, okay, yeah.
1: Well, some of the most most memorable, famous songs of hers, Come to My Garden and things, that had the play- double entendre-, entendre, he's all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was such an honor to work with him. He, he brought some chords to the table and a verse. And then I came up with the chorus and then brought with the producer. And, and then I asked Dwelle, would he like to, to sing with, with me on this? Dwelle is an artist from Detroit. Okay, yeah. Who has oh. done his thing for years in the, in the soul R&B scene. And so now we have a song. Uh, it's almost done. Just have to get it mixed. So I'll send it to you as soon as it's done, and I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, but yeah, it's called I Need You, uh, co-wrote a song with Leon Ware, the legendary.
0: Oh yeah, another chapter in his his career, uh, starting with you.
1: I hope so, yeah. and he continues to go over to Japan and to Europe, and as you said, Connecticut sometimes, yeah. to do shows, and definitely if you ever get a chance to see Leon Ware live, I've seen him live. It's such a treat. It's just amazing to see this man. He's over 70, yeah. and he's still full of energy and sensuality. Every Everything he says and does is about that. <laughs> and it's, he's, he's, but it's, he's just this peaceful, loving human being. Just like his music, he really is that person. It's it's not a pretense. He lives that.
0: Yeah, we definitely look forward to, to hearing the new sounds. But we're digging... Uh, sabotage the current single from jenny laws featuring Scipio, you got three mixes on it right
1: yeah because yeah. there was the original version before the rapper got on yeah. and then there was the version with the rapper before bob horn did his radio mix okay and then the radio mix is now the official version because it moves a bit quicker and and it's just there's less. he called it dead air
0: oh okay <laughs> but
1: I called it just vibing out, you know, a couple a couple bars of just me ad-libbing with the beat just kind of plays. Mm-hmm. But he said, "Oh, you know, he knows a bit about these things and he felt that it needed to move along quicker." So he took out the interlude where I was ad-libbing and instead of a pre-chorus that's kind of long and drawn out and just kind of peaceful and vibey, he put that underneath the end of the verse. So he kind of compressed it, kind of like overlapped it right and shortened it he shortened it and then and then kept the rap in there he says that rap vocals are always good for radio he said
0: <laughs> yeah it definitely dominates i mean it's it, you know we, we love hip-hop too so it's good to have the taste on i love record, hip-hop yeah. i
1: listen to a lot of hip-hop so it's, right. it's not a stretch for me to start to show that with right. my new music some people are you know surprised like oh what happened to the acoustic st- sound you know it's like well you know people evolve people change and i've always been a hip-hop head since mm-hmm. high school really and it's a huge part of me so it only makes sense for me to start to show that and express that with my music
0: yeah you got that right out there and, and great sabotage available go to jennylaws.com the links are up there where you can uh, get it buy it and uh, definitely play it and we're looking forward to all the great new music uh, from Jenny Laws and we're definitely going to touch base when the new music drops you know Leon Ware and, and all the other great stuff you're working on I would love that let's
1: definitely do
0: that so, so let's uh, go back to introducing Jenny Laws I got a couple tracks ready that we're going to give our listeners once again Heavenly and we're going to segue right into You Choose two yeah. great great songs and uh, you still play those live?
1: Heavenly, I play live all the time. You choose not as much, no. Okay. I didn't end up uh, translating live unless with a band, and I don't get to play with a full band that much.
0: Oh, okay, I got you, yeah.
1: When I was playing with a band, I would all the time. I did for years, and then just recently, I've just been doing more acoustic shows because it's just more affordable.
0: Right, oh, yeah. (laughs) More compact.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it, it doesn't translate to acoustic as well, so...
0: Okay, we'll Indeed, listen in. Maybe
1: I'll try and bring you back in for you.
0: Okay, yeah. Well, I don't want to put pressure on you, but <laughs> that's all right. So uh, <laughs> this is uh, Jenny Laws, uh, Heavenly and You Choose. And, and thanks, Jenny, for coming by once again.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Okay, this is Jenny Laws.